Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. And I'm your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcast. And of course, this evening we're going to be talking about the lovely horror noir anthology film from Shudder in honor of Black History Month. Um, but before we get into that, a word from us once. Calm your body down. Oh, God. Beep. That was so <laughs> off-key. I'm so sorry. I don't forget. Even... You are you are forgiven. Um, as long as you found your calculator, right? I did. Wow, She guys. needed to find a calculator. Is... It's just a We're going to make it through. 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night. We're going to make it through. We're going to make it. <laughs> so, uh, Monday is the deadline for the Snowman Bath Bombs. Thank you so much for all of the new followers on TikTok. I am trying really hard <laughs> to learn how to do some of these reels and some of these TikToks. I'm getting the hang of some of it and I have just been getting a lot of really good feedback and have gotten um a few new probably about three or four new followers on TikTok so far. So hey, even a small follow is a good follow. So thank you hey, so you need much. Any pointers, let me know. For any oh definitely I will for sure. Um thank you for all the support. Thank you for all the new follows. I really appreciate it. Um Etsy, free shipping in the U.S. for any orders. Um, and, uh, yeah, the Snowman Bath Bombs will be gone on Monday. Otherwise, everything is calm your body down. TikTok, Instagram, and uh, Etsy. Calm your body down. Beep. Nope. Beep. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> God, okay. And so, guys, of course, you know, in honor of Black History Month, we try to do at least one podcast that is geared toward that because uh, it should be anyway. Every month should be Black Month, Black History Month, but whatever. I mean, uh, anyway, so um, we're going to be talking about the horror noir anthology film that came out on Shudder last year. Um, six short films. Wow, my brain like paused. I was like, six hours no nope i got it <laughs> six horror films uh short films all directed by different black people everyone that's in the the main characters and the films are black it's it's great to see i really and i would just like to say that is two and a half hours long and honestly we both made lists of like our favorite like we ranked them but i loved all of them i thought they were all really really well done um there was one in particular that I absolutely loved, but um, they were all just really well done, very well directed, very well acted, uh, very straight to the point. Great, great overall anthology film. I really, really enjoyed it. So if you haven't seen it, obviously we're going to be talking about spoilers. Um, so that's going to happen. But if you have seen it, hopefully uh, you'll enjoy all of the things that we'll be talking about with it. And to be honest with you, I hope some of these people make more movies because they did a really good job. Yeah, these... Um, so I have personally not found any reviews yet that I have been very happy with. Um, yeah, I saw that. And I like think... Like the reviews. You know... I'm just going to come right come right out and say, <laughs> you know, the elephant in the room. Uh this was not made for white people and that's okay. 
that's okay. There is nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, the horror industry, like the movie industry, like a lot of industries, unfortunately are, uh, white driven, uh, white male driven, and they tend to only view from a narrow, uh, a narrow, uh, viewpoint. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, and I get it. But if you can't think outside the box and can't think outside of your own viewpoint, then I don't really understand how you're going to be able to critique anything. So you're that, the same people that won't watch foreign first horror and films. first and foremost. Yeah, you're the same people that, that won't right watch there. foreign horror films. You know, you don't. I, I will never get people who automatically don't like something that they don't understand. Because that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, and it's also a prejudice. Whether you want to admit it or not. You know, let's let's call a spade a spade. Let's call it what it is what it is. When you say that you don't like something because you don't understand it, that is a prejudice. It's exactly yep. what it is. So... There's really um, no other way to go around that. There's there really isn't. No, there isn't. And... That's why I just want to say, you know, this, this gets, this is going to get real. Um, you know, I am a black woman. This anthology I thought was mwah, chef's kiss. It was incredible. It was everything that I loved. Uh, not only as a black film fan, but as a black woman and as a black horror film Fan. And I love anthologies. I mean, you guys know, we talk about how much we love anthologies love on this podcast a lot. Um, I love anthologies. I get, I think it's really such a wonderful way to showcase the art of really, really, really incredibly talented directors and writers and producers. I think it gives them a really great chance to showcase um even even in, even if it's in a small way to make a big impact and i really think that that's what this anthology did um and like i said from the beginning this was not made for white people it really wasn't there was sorry one, sorry white people there was one um, in particular that i understood but i only understood it because she pointed something out to me i don't know probably about a year a year and a half ago and we're going to talk about it. It's going to yeah. get real. Um, we're going to talk about it. Which was something that I didn't actually know was a thing until she told me that. But that is literally the only reason why I was able to figure out what it was about. Otherwise, I would have not had a clue, honestly. Because it was something... And she's right. This movie wasn't made for us. It wasn't. Did I enjoy it, though? Hell yes, I did. It was fantastic. Well, because there are, you know, the for the one that we are going to get into, um, that one was horror for Black people. And I think that goes back to uh, the original horror noir documentary mm -hmm. that came out that we talked about, where when you talk about Black history, it is filled <laughs> with many horrors. And um, I don't think you I don't you know I think black people can understand horror better than anybody 
So I think when you have Black people tell horror stories from their perspective, unless a white person is open enough to empathize to understand, they will never understand. And that's fine because it's not for them. Black people will understand. And there is one story in particular in this one that was so heavy for me, I cried. I actually broke down. It. I'm not going to get into it here. I have therapy tomorrow. So, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was something that was really, because I've dealt with it not only in my personal life, I've dealt with it within my family. It is something, you know, I'm almost 40 years old. It's something that was very deep within me that um, came from my mother, came from relatives, came from people in my life, uh, you know, and it deals with something that, uh, is so deeply toxically rooted within the black community that really came from white racist patriarchy. Um, it, it's, it's really where it came from. It was very, it's, it's, it, it came from very steeped in white racism and still continues to this day in, uh, the black community. And it is unfortunately not talked about a lot. Uh, and it should be, because it's something that's very ugly. And I applaud that the writers, because this was actually, a lot of these were based on short stories. And I just applaud any, I applaud someone taking that part of our community that is really disgusting and horrific and toxic and writing about it in a vein that not only shows how deep rooted it has been in our history, but how horrible it is and spun it, no pun intended, but spun it in a way that made it scary, but scary for us. And we know why it's scary because we still live with it today. And um, it's really something that if we don't focus on within the black community and try to work hard on solving, especially with our youth, it, it will constantly keep our community apart. There will never, ever, ever be a way for any division to be solved amongst anybody or any prejudices to be overcome or any racisms, any racisms to be discussed and worked on and the betterment of them in this country until we start to look at what's going on within our own. Because it's, it's actually not something that even happens in Black people. We'll get in what happens to over in India. It happens over in India, big time over in India. Like, trust me, it happens in so many other cultures. And it's it's just, it's awful. But um, basically what we're going to do is we're going to say, go, how do you, you want to do this? What we're going to do is we are going to start with uh, how each... Um, we're going to go kind of in chronological order of each episode in within the anthology, kind of give a brief synopsis. And then from there, rank, how, rank which, which okay. ones were our favorites. I kind of figured that's what you so, would want to do. Because I remember the order that they're actually okay. in. Yeah, you want you. Because I just watched yeah. it. Um, the first one was uh, The Lake. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was the first one. So, I fucking loved the lake. <laughs> Listen, the lake. I, I loved it. 
It was, was great. So good. Um, you know, a, a few holes, maybe, if you really needed to get into, like, what the story was about. So, um... Sorry, guys. I'm actually trying to find some more information because I want to find who directed that one. Okay, Joe West. Leslie Ann Brandt is the uh, main actress that's in it. She plays the character of Abby. Um, I'm glad you're fine. I'm struggling to find more I know. I was trying I to find... So, uh... You basically see that Abby has moved into this. Well, before Abby even moves into this home, you see that something, you see this beautiful house by this gorgeous lake and it opens with kids, right? Mm -hmm. And a kid is pulled underwater and then all of a sudden it fast forwards to, I forget how many years later. Probably like 10 years or something it like that. Something like that. I don't so, remember the exact time. By this time, Abby has moved into the house. And you pretty much figure out that Abby... It doesn't take long to figure out that Abby's going through a divorce. And she has... You know, she's separated from her husband. And she's moved into this house. She's taken on this job as a teacher. And there is a male student in her class that she asks to come over to work on her lawn. Well, prior to that happening, she starts, she's told by a neighbor not to swim in this lake. There's been some things that have happened. She swims in the lake. And, and also you hear these cicadas like loud as fuck. Yeah, you're hearing a lot or of locusts. Like, you're, locusts. Sorry, locusts. You're hearing locusts. Like it's just a lot of weird things. Well, she swims in the lake anyway. You know, it's a hot day. You live by this beautiful lake. It's nice. Um... And is that when she ended up with the scratch that she got? So, or when did that happen? When she, did that happen? She saw, or did she see something the first time she went in? It the was. Room? It was. She was in the mirror, and it looks like there's this line on her rib. Okay, so it wasn't. And it, I, you don't know what it is. You don't know if it's a scratch. I knew exactly. As soon I, as knew I, saw it, it was, I knew what it was, but I knew what it was. But it's like you don't. You can't really. You don't really know. Right. You don't. You know? In the beginning of the story. You you predict what you think it is. Well, anyway, so this this kid in her class starts coming over, helping her. Things get kind of weird. It sort of seems like she's flirting with him. And then kind of the longer it goes on, you realize uh, the principal at her school mentioned something that happened at the previous high school she worked at. So obviously, something happened. I mean, I think it almost kind of alludes to maybe something inappropriate happened between her and a student at the previous school she was at, and that's why she just suddenly left town. Her and her husband aren't together anymore. And it's almost like you're doing it again. Yeah, <laughs> it was very weird. You know, kind of a little bit of Mary Kay Letourneau vibe. I said I'm almost 40, so that's the best reference I have. But, um... It, you know, it's a little weird. You kind of gather, like, she's beautiful, but you're like, okay, this is kind of kind of strange. Which is why I'm saying that there were some holes. Like, maybe if the lake, the lake was, like, a full-length 90-minute movie, we would have kind of gotten this backstory to I who would Abby say. was. But really, given the context, you kind of don't really need to know. Um, 
it's really more centered around what's going on in this lake. Now, what I think is so interesting about this, even though um, I don't think they ever actually say where she moved to, but I just think it's really interesting when you look at, because I know this has been going around a lot on social media, especially if you look at Black history with lakes in the South, especially Lake Lanier in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, they literally flooded an entire Black town to make Lake Lanier. There, oh, right. are, there are still cemeteries where the bodies were not moved underneath that lake. A lot of that really fucked up. That lake is shit. so haunted. There have been so many drownings. There have been so many people that have felt like they have been pulled under. There have been so many ghostly sightings by that lake. That I lake mean, is in extremely all reality, haunted. <laughs> but yeah, no, that lake is super haunted. Because, listen, I'm white and you can guarantee your ass he's swimming in that fucking lake. No, thank you. No desire. No desire. I've driven past that lake years ago. Uh, long, long, long fucking time ago. But yeah, no. Absolutely. Didn't know anything about it at the time. But now I'm like, fuck that. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, you basically... Fit, so the it, it's almost like... Anyway, <laughs> long story short, because we said there's going to be spoilers. Because a lot of... What, what you realize what's on her... She's turning into a, a creature, basically. It's literally Black Swan. Like, she's drinking uh, salt water. Uh, she's eating raw meat. She's... Um, <clears throat> she's getting gills. Yeah. Turns out the thing oh, on yeah, her side was actually gill. gills. Um, as soon as I saw that line, I was like, this is motherfucking Black Swan. The creature transformation, though, Amazing. is so fucking it's so good good it's great it is so good like the 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 creature effects are just incredible it was very one. good i mean i i really i love how it. she found she got the she went swimming and she's like you guys it was so it was the guy and his brother and she's like you guys come swim with me and he's like we're not really supposed to do that and then his little brother basically got him to go in together and then she ate them because everybody in the town basically knows about this lake. Right. Like, they all know something happens with this lake. Something's going on. Because people have gone, you know, that's why there's the opener where the kid goes missing. And, yeah, there's always been things that have that have happened. Um, yeah, I really appreciated this one just for a good... I did as uh, well. <coughs> excuse just, me. Just for a... Just to throw in, like, a, a creature A creature feature, feature yeah. In there. It was good. It was, you I know, really I really liked it. Again, like you said, I I liked I liked the kind of it was kind of black swan esque. I liked that. Um, you know, you basically got from the start where it was going, but you know, it, the little hints here and there. Uh, would not have minded a full full blink movie at all. Um, but yeah, this wasn't one of my favorites. It ranked a little low, but I re but I did like it. I did really like it. And like I said, really that that creature transformation was just it was great. Was incredible. It was really, really, really good. So the next one after the lake was called Brand of Evil, excuse me. And I the main guy in this looked so much like Donald Glover that I had to literally look him up. 
because I thought it was Donald Glover. Yeah, what, uh, so this one's directed by, um, Julian Christian Lutz. Okay. He goes by Director X. It was written by Ezra Clayton Daniels. And it tells the story of a talented artist who is played by Brandon Michael Smith, who, like I said, with his full beard, he looked so much like Donald Glover that okay, I was like, is that Donald Glover? This was the article I was looking for. Um, is um, it this one? Because this is this is a really good one. Oh, no. No, 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 no. General's in the view. Yeah, I found a good one, but that one's even better. Yeah, this one, I, I really liked this one a lot. First of all, loved that there was a gay couple and right? it wasn't obvious at all. And then by the time I figured it out, I was like, like basically when oh, they're having a semi-argument cool. and I was like, oh, they're too, oh. So he is supposed to create meaningful art that can help his community or does he blow it off to make a lot of money for himself by creating simple designs for someone who was kind of shady? Um, <clears throat> this one was great. I really, so I liked a lot of, if anybody saw the new Candyman, I really... I'm I'm really loving a lot of of the um I'm really loving a lot of the expression that's being put out there about how overlooked, underpaid and underappreciated black artists are. Yep. Uh <clears throat> like let's just, you know, black especially black independent artists like let's just let's just call it what it is they are um, not being like Candyman. Candyman really like threw it out there and i love the way they did it and i love the way this one did it i love the way brand of evil did it um you know he's obviously he wants his art to mean something but you also want to get paid <laughs> like you know i i totally Listen, I told, this is the, that's the hardest part about owning a business and hating capitalism. Oh my God. Right. Ah, <laughs> that was hilarious. It was almost like you timed that. <laughs> Did you hit your foot? God, what? I hit my heel on the, on the chair and I was oh trying not was to so scream. Funny. So I went, ha. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. I love you. Anyway. <laughs> but, um. It, it really is like you, you know, you, you want what you make or what you do to mean something, but like, you also want to get paid. Like I need money. I need to live. I need to survive. <clears throat> right? I need to feed myself. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he's, he's working with this nonprofit and it's really beautiful. This great, amazing art mural in this black neighborhood. But then he starts getting emails for these other, uh, you know, he's being commissioned for other work and he's a little skeptical, but he's like, Hey, they're paying me a lot of money. Um, I immediately knew they were, were sigils. I'm a witch. Anyway, I knew so, they were sigils too. I was like, I mean, like, immediately, like anybody, you. anybody that was watching this, that you were just like, that's a sigil. That's oh a yeah. Sigil. I was like, that's a sigil. That's a sigil. Sir, like I, sir. I mean, like immediately, like I knew. Um, so the first one... I literally wanted to just be like, um, sir, I need you to stop. Yeah, so <laughs> then there's this... He draws it, emails it back. There's a murder that happens. Well, anyway, so as it's going on, uh, a friend 
points out that what he is drawing are satanic symbols, like that also have some Nazi meanings. They're like racist symbols too. So you're like, he's like, what the fuck? You know, like it, it's adding up in his head, like what's going on. But then it's literally like angel devil on the shoulder and the devil on the shoulder is like, yeah, but you're making a lot of money though. Like he's making a lot of money, but it's also like, he doesn't know where these emails are coming from. He doesn't know who's asking for these, why they're asking for these, why they're paying him all this money. You know, and literally by the time he figures it out, it's almost, it's, it's just, it's, it's too, too late. late. It's yeah. way too late. Um, this one again, creature feature, not really creature, but creature design rather. Not a creature feature. Definitely more of it was more a, culty. More well, of a cult. well, kind of, yeah, kind of, but also okay. no, it, it's hard to kind of put this one in a, well, I mean, it, it's, it's almost kind of, it's, it's more, I would say it's more kind of like devil's advocate. Yeah. Like kind of like, you know, like those, the movies where you, you just kind of, where you're bait, like you sell your soul basically. Like yeah. what is, what is it worth to you? Right. And, um, you know, by the time he drew that last one, his, uh, fiance or boyfriend, fiance, partner, whatever, uh, was killed and it was by a demon showed up and uh yeah, yeah that ending was kind of crazy the ending was nuts <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean it, it's very to me i took it i definitely took it more of like a devil devil's advocate type of story and what a lot of struggling artists and small businesses like you know, you you want so badly to feel like what you're doing means something, but you really, really, really need money too. So what are you what are you willing to do? What are you willing to sacrifice? How much does that money really mean to you? And then once you find out where it's coming from and what it is, is it's it really too, is it, it really worth it? It's usually too late by that point. You know? So um that's what I liked about this one. I did too. I, I really it. liked that. I like any story like that where it's like, oh wow, you know, what are you what what are you willing to sacrifice? How much of it how much is it worth to you? Yeah. You know. And I I loved how well that was done too with the met, the what's the metaphor. The metaphor part of that was just brilliantly done. Right. Brilliantly done. Yeah. Like I said, I love props, big props to um, Director X because, oh my, and, and Ezra Daniels because it just, like I said, I, I really love the dichotomy of not only really, really pushing out there, like really pushing to the forefront what Black creators and Black artists go through and struggle with, um, how much capitalism fucking sucks and it's literally selling your soul uh you know what what your art mean what money means to you when it comes to your soul and what your your uh your morals and values versus it really you know shows I mean? like, where your priority lies. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And where your yes. loyalty lies, where your yes. allegiance lies. Yes. Are you really for your community and for your people? Or are you for yourself? Big time. <clears throat> Big time.
but put that little like demonic twist and the sigils and everything like it, um, just, it was oh my so God, good it. it was really well done really well done <clears throat> so the next one is called bride before you this is going to be the one that's going to be a little bit heavy yeah uh this takes and i'm going to let becky pretty much talk more about this but this is the one that really wasn't made for white people no um not at all so it takes place in the paper and then the seminar. You're like, I got it. <laughs> Jesus. All of that. <laughs> Takes place in the Reconstruction era, Washington, and tells the story of a woman who's played by Lenora Crenshaw, married to a rich businessman. The pressure of being expected to bear a male child for her husband leads to her leads her to a folk healer whose methods bring continued hardship for the family. This segment was directed by Zandashe Brown. And is written for the screen by Shernold Edwards. And it was based on the short story of the same name by Stephanie and Malia Morris. This is definitely more dramatic than horror. But this is one of those movies. This is one of those ones like literally the beginning line of the horror in a wire was black history is black horror. So this is kind of one of those that really take on that um, motto. Uh, it's a more direct adaptation of the short story. Could have been a fabulous take on a monster movie. The budget would have obviously needed to be bigger. But even so, there is a lot of subtext and uh, meaning support it, or meaning behind this film. And that's I'm going to let Becky talk about it. Because, like I said, I would not have known this had she not told me, like, a year or two ago. Like, I would have never known this because I'm white. So... So, basically, what this story was about is something, like I said, that's been deeply rooted in the toxic community, or the black community that's very toxic, and it's colorism. Um, if anyone doesn't know what colorism is, and uh, I'll give about the best definition that I can... Um, pretty much like a Webster's Dic Dictionary definition, the best way I can describe it. Uh, a prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone, typically among people of the same ethnic or racial group. So if you were to use it in a sentence, as the way I described it, colorism within the Black community has been a serious emotional and psychological battle. Um, I don't even know where to begin to talk about it, to try, and I'm, I'm really going to try my best to try to kind of give, like, the Reader's Digest, like, the real short-ended version oh of God, it. I forgot all about Reader's Digest. The Reader's Digest. Digest version. I know. Remember, guys, I'm old. I make very old I references. forgot all about that, but, um, I mean, that's, I, that's like, a thing. I miss Reader's <clears throat> Digest. Uh, but, like, the very <laughs> short version of it, the best way that I can. Um, so the way that this story begins is, basically, this is, Reconstruction is right after slavery so we're still within that time where basically you did not it there was legal status for black people in the country it was between 1865 and 1877 so to get again to give 
a more broad definition of the Reconstruction area. This was during the time when the U.S. was grappling with the challenges of the reintegrating into the Union states that had succeeded in determining the legal status of black, black people. So right after this was Jim Crow laws, all of that ugliness. So this was really at a time where um, black people were free. Like I, <laughs> I say, I say the word free very broadly because we because so we still couldn't vote. Um, <laughs> so you know, I just. <laughs> Kind of throwing that out there. So like slavery ended essentially, but like I don't I don't know. Anyway, that history lesson for all of you. But so essentially black people could own land and there were some black people, especially in the north, that did have a better status as far as being able to own land and have money and whatever. So in this particular story. Um, and the main character is played by, uh, oh my God, he was in Save the Last Dance. Again, I'm so old. Uh, <laughs> Save the Last Sha Dance Sean, for me. Sean, he's got, Sean, Sean Patrick Thomas. Lord. Um, Sean Patrick Thomas marries his wife, uh, who was played by Lenora Crunchlow. Um, and you'll notice right off the bat, again, I'm speaking to black people on this, you'll notice right off the bat how light complected she is. That was for a reason. Um, it was thought of that you, especially back in that time, basically during the reconstruction era, if you were of a lighter complexion, it was thought of, well, not even really thought of, basically it was known that you had white blood, meaning you were a product of whichever slave owner your family was owned by. And, and so just to kind of break that down within my own family history, my great great grandmother jane was a slave my great great grandfather uh was a slave owner he was married to a white woman he raped jane i don't because i don't say that shit is consensual and i've said this in front of my family i don't even want to go there because they want to act like it i'm like <laughs> she was raped what nothing consensual about that because she was owned by him Sally Hemings, come on, people. Thomas Jefferson was whole ass married when he was having sex with this 15-year-old black girl. Let's not play these games. That was rape. When they're when they're owned, there is no relationship. So let's stop with all let's of that. Let's call out 50 shades. Let's say let's no, let's call out 12 years a slave. That one. And sure. how triggering that movie was for me. I saw that movie. Because Lapina Nyongo, that's basically what happened to my great-great-grandmother. So let's I just saw say that movie one time and never again. Oh, well, why do I need listen that that's my history. So let's I'm I'm sorry. I'm one of these people where like, I don't really want to keep watching these movies because like, that's, it seems like there's so because like that's made. in my because like that's in my family tree. So like, I don't really need to keep revisiting my own family history because it like happened. 
So, um, all of Jane's children, which were my great grandparents, and then my so any descendants from there on were very light skinned. Jane's children were very light skinned because the father, the slave owner, was a white a white man. So if her children were to integrate into society, her children integrating in, into society would almost be given or seen as literally anything I say, this is not going to come out right, but I'm just trying to put this into perspective for people at that time. You were basically more accepted because, uh, God, this is so hard if people don't know this history. But anyway, I don't want to go into a lot of this because there's so much of this available. You literally can just read books about it, how how prevalent this was, the the paper bag test, all of this, like how this became so deeply entrenched in the Black community when, when this literally came directly from racism and from the rape of slaves and how that integrated into our own communities where... Um, but basically back then, if you were lighter skinned, you were more accepted. You could work in areas where white people frequented because you were almost seen, you you had white blood in you. So even though they still wouldn't see you as like their own, you are kind of more accepted because your skin is a little bit closer to them. And I know some people are listening to this that don't even, that, that know anything about this. And they're going, this sounds fucking crazy. And I'm like, well, this, when was, you, when well, you this, first, was re this is a real fucking thing. When you and there are literally people today that still believe in this. And I'm telling you because I have lived it. Because I have dated men who have told, I, I have been fetishized because of how light-skinned I am. Because I have been told by men that I would never date a black woman darker than you. I was told this. When I you have first, been told this. When you first told me all of this, I literally had that. I looked at you like it wasn't that I didn't believe. There you. are I still like, darker. How? There are still darker skinned black men to this day. Kanye West. There are still darker black men to this day that will literally. I said it. That will literally only date light skinned black women, and I will. I don't. And there are people, there are black people that will defend that and go, well, that's a preference. But it's, but it's not though. Kanye West is a toxic piece of shit. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Kanye West has right a mental, Kanye me. West has a mental disorder. Okay. I'm, I'm not, listen, I'm not taking up for that because I have, because I have dated to toxic narcissists. I'm not taking up for a toxic bipolar narcissist. What I'm saying is, is that he needs a lot of help. He's a lot of therapy, but anyway, this is definitely not about Kanye West. <laughs> um, but I'm just, I'm just saying that so that people understand that this is still very much a real, real thing. And if you don't address it and if we don't talk about it and how ugly it is, it is only something that is going to continue to persist and become and stay more and more and more toxic because it's not just like it happens. You know what I mean? Like to say it's one thing to have a preference, but it's one thing to basically be prejudiced and 
fetishize. And when you say that I like black women, but I would only date light-skinned black women, or I like black men, but I would only date light-skinned black men. Well, what are you saying? And do you understand as a black person how that makes that person feel? How, and I am literally not asking for any sympathy whatsoever, but just making people know that that creates not for both complexions, uh, a really twisted, like you're pulled apart because now you feel like, am I more black? Am I less black? That's insane, but I'm telling you that happens. <laughs> your own culture is called into question for yourself because of the complexion of your skin when you are still black. But what I meant too by this happening in other communities, it happens and it runs rampant in India, rampant in India. They have billboards and models for skin whitening creams because you are more accepted if you are a lighter complected Indian woman, then it's, it's like, it's like a caste system. You, you worked out in the fields and you were poor and had to work outside. That's why you're darker. If you are of a rich affluent family, you stay inside, you use your skin lightening cream. You look more white. You look more, it's, it's also, it's the white European. Let me straighten my hair. Let me please. If you are black, watch, Light-skinned girls and dark-skinned girls. It, it's, oh my God, it's literally like the most beautiful eye-opening thing. And it like, you just, I, I just beg people to watch that because it's a, it's so, it, it's hard. It's hard when, you know, I've gone through it so I know so many other black people that have gone through it. We're like, you're, you know, it's almost called into question your own culture. And now going back to this original story, when he marries this woman that is lighter complected, it is because he wants her to bear him light skinned children because he knows that they will keep more of an affluent status at this time. So she basically pays like a witch doctor to go and um, to perform a spell on her to essentially, well, I mean, I, I hate to even use the term witch doctor. I know that's been deemed prejudice and I apologize. It's a very old, old, old term. Um, but basically a spell to cast to make sure that her children are light-skinned. She gives birth to the first child. You just assume the whole time you're watching it, the child's deformed and disfigured. Or that the child died. The next child that's born is a beautiful boy, light-skinned. Then these things start happening in the house where, you know, her husband cheats on her. He's a piece of shit. You pretty much discover that from the start. But what you realize is that there is something going on in this house. Um, quickly, like the son grows up. He tries to bring someone home that he's going to marry. And it looks like there's this giant spider in the house. And you're like, what the fuck is this? So the longer it goes on, she realizes that it's her child. And she goes back and asks for a spell. And once you get to where the spider is and she cuts it open, 
and you realize that that is her child, it takes a big turn and it's all very metaphorical. You realize that the child was never disfigured. The child was never a creature. That was all a metaphor for the fact that the reason why that, the reason why that child was hidden and not accepted is because that child was dark skinned. And basically became a monster metaphorically because they were shunned because their mother didn't accept them. That happens. That's really, and it's, it did happen. Um, there are stories of women that are born very light skin that will leave their families portray themselves as white, marry white men, have kids. The kids, I literally just saw this on TikTok, guys. This just happened. This girl did her 23andMe. Her grandma was black. And then she started showing pictures of grandma and I was like, <laughs> I could have told you grandmama was black. It's so funny how white people don't even, white people don't know features. I have very, I have relatives that are very lighter than me and i know they're not white there's a lot of white even to this day there's white people that don't understand features when this girl showed i literally guys literally two days ago i just saw this on tiktok this girl did not know that she was her whole 23 and me came back black her grandma was one of these women that did this was very light white skin left home Married a white man, had children. The children just happened to come out. <laughs> hey, cause that didn't always happen. If y'all used to watch King of the Hill and John Redcorn, y'all know them kids always didn't come out white. But anyway, then you had a whole lot of explaining to do. But uh, luckily the kids came out white. So then by the time the grandbabies came around and granddaughter does this 23andMe and she's like, why is everybody black? And all of a sudden they got to go, oh, grandma lied. Grandma was black, y'all. And if and when she showed, you know, like you get the part two of the TikTok and she starts showing pictures of grandma and I'm like, well, she told us she was Italian. And it, nope. y'all, she could have been my grandma. Not even playing. I knew immediately on 100%. Because I'm telling you too, and I'm sorry to burst a lot of bubbles for a lot of you people out there. Please, if you're white, I am begging you and you have absolutely no proof of any Indian heritage in your family, please do a DNA something. Because I promise you guys, there are a lot of families that want to say you either have Cherokee or Iroquois or anything. And I promise you, somebody in your family is black and, and aunts and uncles and grandparents don't want to talk about it. I'm I promise you there is a this is a real thing like it's a real thing that happens and a lot and a lot of it is color a lot of it comes from colorism a lot of it comes from self-hatred a lot of it comes from just it's so sad and it's so toxic and it's so deep-rooted and I and I just Again, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. I worked through a lot of this in therapy. It was very, it, it's, but it's hard. A lot of people go through it. People still go through it now. Kids go through it. Um, you know, there's a lot of kids that are born of interracial relationships that come out light-skinned and, and they struggle. It, it's going to be, you have to make sure that you're teaching 
everything about who you are, about your culture, and really at the end of the day, about just being a good person and being accepting, but also understanding what your culture is. That's really all it's about. You're all of your culture, embracing everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. That's what it's really about, is about teaching and educating and really understanding and stopping, like breaking this generational trauma and stopping a lot of this toxicity and really being able to talk about these things and what they are and how deep rooted they are. That's the only way that it's ever going to come to a point that hopefully it eventually stops and we can, and we can change, you know, some, some people are just never going to change. We have to also get that through our heads. There are just some narrow headed dumb fucks out there and you are never going to change their minds. And that is fine. But really it's younger people. It's if you can just, if you can educate your children and put it out there and, and really send that message and just, you know, make people aware of it, especially within your own communities that, you know, no matter what, I mean, I'm telling y'all, it happens to the, the Maori people. It happens to any, you know, it's in the black culture, these skin, it's just, it's so disgusting. But, um, I just, I'm so glad we were able to have this conversation because I knew this was going to get deep and I knew a lot of people weren't going to understand it. And I really hated a lot of the horror critics that I flat out knew were white who were critiquing this particular segment in this. And I knew it was all coming from pure ignorance because they really, really didn't understand what this particular segment meant and why this had nothing to do with white people. This was this was something that is toxic and awful to black people because it is so deep rooted within our own generational trauma. And it's so and it still happens today, still happens today. So um, I hope that white people that watch that segment that are listening to this now have a better understanding of why that was portrayed the way it was. And I really, really encourage people to read the short story. Um, learn about colorism. There are books out there. There are, there are, you know, I'm telling you, it's something that exists. And if you don't know a lot about it, read about it. If you just, really what it all comes back to about a lot of these things is about education. And if you're really willing to learn, the information is out there. But, uh, I, I just, I really, 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 really appreciate the makers of this segment for taking it on and Stephanie Morris for this story. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, again, I'm sorry if that went long winded. I was trying to find the best way to try to compartmentalize a lot of it with not only explaining in my own background but just within black culture as a scope of how toxic colorism is but and and how it pertained to this particular story so that maybe if you didn't know what that was and didn't understand it now you get it and now you can go back and look at that story and go now i get why that child was made out to be a monster because if you have that type of toxic mindset that would be a monster so yeah, this was a hard one for me on a personal level. I cried after I watched this once I realized it. Um, I think it 
probably touched a lot of black people that same way where it was like, whoa, this was really hard once they got it and realized what it was about and probably brought up a lot of own things within their own family or their own experiences, whether they're have darker skin or lighter skin or whatever. But um, yeah, this was this one I applaud the makers for and it was beautiful and I loved it and I loved everything about it. Um, and again, I appreciate Casper for appreciating it, for asking about it, for learn, for wanting to know, for wanting to learn, for wanting to understand, for her taking it all in and appreciating it for what it was. But I hope people that maybe didn't get this and just sort of brushed it off as like, I didn't really understand that now have a better understanding of it because maybe they didn't know what colorism is, but it is something that has existed that still exists and it is really disgusting. And I hope that even by a small dialogue like this, that this can change a lot of uh, minds and perceptions and open a lot of people up to something that's very real that really needs to stop. So um, again, like I said, I'm so sorry that went long-winded. I just did not know a better way of how to like explain it without if people really honestly had never heard of it and we're like, what is this? I don't even know. And are probably still going, oh my God, I can't even believe this is an actual there thing. There <laughs> really is no way of putting an entire 400 years worth of, and more than that, Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's why I said culture please, problem please into read, 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> please, please just... read and, and educate. <laughs> you know, if you want to learn more, it, it, there, there's a plethora of information out there. But My I, point is, I, I think hope you I did, did a great justice. job. Thank you. Putting it in a small. I mean, you did it under 30 minutes. I literally tried you to did take it, almost you did it under 30 minutes. 400 years <laughs> of history and information in less than 30 minutes. I tried so hard. I hope I helped. Um, so thank you but really like i said my big thing was just to make sure that people that people that watched that segment that didn't get it and just wanted to dismiss it because they're white and they would never have a clue what that experience is that now that they know they can maybe kind of look back and go got it and the only reason got why it. i picked up on it is because you had got told it. me and i got it the moment when she was at the woman's thing and she said, I want my kid to look like me, not their father. That's when I got it. I knew exactly what she was talking about. I'm like, it's because she's light-skinned. And then as soon as I saw the baby, I, I didn't know what was going on with the first baby at first. Until towards later when, she's, when they actually showed the child and I saw how dark they were. I was like, wow. Wow. Like only because like I said I only knew because she had told me but realizing that that's what that was about it honestly it broke my heart because I was like you're literally calling your child a monster because they're dark like this just but she's right it's a very real thing and I never really now that that's something that you know too you'll pick up on it in life in movies in and a lot of different things because I didn't until I knew about it I didn't pick up on it the way I pick up on it now so I'm really glad that you did talk about that I'm really glad well that... yeah because I know that you know as an ally as someone who cares not only as my friend but someone who is a true ally that it was important for me to 
not only explain it to you in the context of this particular story, but just as a whole in the world of something that is real, that un unfortunately is still very much a thing that people need to be aware of, because if you're not, it's never going to get better. You can't no. keep pushing things under the rug. It's not the way it works. Well, after that heavy one, um, yeah, that's why I, I mean, like, I was like, I, I was, let's I was throw this her, in the middle. So, like, I was telling her, they really found a great mix of stories for this because they took like the deeply heavy one and put it in a really good spot, and then the ones after were just, it was great. They really put these in a in an amazing order to watch. Real, so well done. This next one is so called the Fugue State. Yeah. Um, love. <laughs> I, I love this one. So Rachel True is in this. Um, alongside Malcolm Barrett. Wait. Yeah. Alongside Malcolm Barrett in this nicely tense short about religion and cults. When a man investigates a local church as a research, research for a book, his personality begins to change, which prompts his wife, a journalist, to do some investigating of her own. As good as the story is, it's the cast that really makes this one work so well. True and Barrett have great chemistry, and horror icon Tony Todd makes a wonderful cameo. He plays the cult leader. Fugue State was directed by Rob Greenlee and written by... Ten I do not want to destroy this name. Tanana Reeve? Tanana Reeve? Tanana Rive? Do? And Stephen Barnes. So apparently it is based on the short story of the same name they wrote together. Yeah, I am so sorry. T-A-T-A-N-A-N-A-R-I-V-E. I am so sorry. Yeah, I would not, I really don't want to try to butcher that name. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something like Tanana Reeve or something like that. Um, this one was amazing. I absolutely loved this story. I love how the guy, so the guy's basically doing like this whole research thing on cults and he goes to this one church and eventually like he's being changed by the church. And he finally gets Rachel, his wife, to go. And um, after she goes, she gets caught on. Like, she meets Tony Todd's eyes. And then she basically becomes one of them. And they're all, like, these red-faced killers that's part of this cult. It was great. It was absolutely fantastic. I loved this segment. It was, I mean, I just thought it was so interesting, too, the way it was well, the the blurred, I love the blurred lines between what's religion and what's a cult. Because, yep. I mean. I actually, okay, so seriously, being someone who came from a very, very, very religious background. I was going to say, now this is definitely something that you <laughs> can take over more um, because I did not grow up like this. So I have no background. What it kind on... of, what it kind of reminded me of is I'll put it this way. So, you know, someone can like have a really bad life. Like they grew up bad home, possibly became a drug addict, um, did some really horrible things in their life. And then they turned to religion some of those people go over the deep end to where it's almost like that's all they see. That the religion is literally everything to them. It's all they see. And it almost becomes part like there are certain things that certain religions do that are cultish. 
it, it's just, it is what it is. So, like, it kind of reminded me of this in a way, because these people weren't bad. They didn't do anything uh, bad or anything, but he was just curious about this, about this cult, religion, whatever you can call it, and he got drew in the first time he went, and then you start watching his attitude change and his personality change, and... Obviously, if you become part of a religion, you're not going to be a killer. Like, that. that's not going to happen. But, um, unless it is a part of some kind of cult, like, you know, Midsummer, whatever. <laughs> right. So. I mean, righteous killing. Right. Exactly. But. So, um, <laughs> it's just, it, and then him coming home and trying to get his wife involved. And then she eventually goes and eventually catches on. It just reminds me so much of, like. These people who literally do nothing but live, breathe, eat, sleep religion. And then, you know, at that, at that point to me, it's not, it's not about God. It's not about a higher being. It's about the, the rituals, the, you know, the communion, the, you know, whatever religion it is. All religion pretty much does the exact same thing in different ways. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. But I love how this this was one of my favorite segments because this one was like it hit home a little bit too much. Um because like I don't care what people say, the Baptists are a cult. Like I I grew up Baptist. Um there are a lot of religions out there that are very cultish. And that's kind of what this one was pointing at, but it did it in a really great way and it ended up being it was funny. Honestly, it had it had its funny moments. Um, oh my god, the way it and the, the way, way it ended, ended was actually, um, it was really fucking funny. I'm sorry, it reminded me of because me they were like ass. skipping. It reminded me of me and my. That's who I thought of. I was like, oh, that's that's definitely you too. When I saw that at the me end, and just, Mr. Gremlin, just literally skipping away with their just, knives. You got your knives go. held behind you, and you're just skipping to go kill some Karens. But of course, we kiss before, and I love you, honey, and then we go kill them. I love that. It's all about love. It was like Midnight Mass <laughs> mixed with something. I don't know. Because Midnight Mass was really heavy. And this one wasn't that heavy. But it was it was great. I yeah, I it. mean, even though it had some really great comical elements, like I said, it really, I, I loved the lines blurred. Because, I mean, that, that was essentially what her husband was writing about. Wasn't his book basically about religions and cults? Yeah. Like, that's and then he got caught up in one. And then he got caught up in a cult. And you're like, <laughs> Wait a fucking minute here. Um, I adore Rachel True. Love her. I highly recommend everybody following her on social media. I She's amazing. Her. I Listen, love her. You comment, she will reach out. I fucking love her. I follow her on Instagram. She is, I mean, I've loved her since she was Rochelle in the craft. I mean, that that movie was everything to my young adolescent life. So um it was just it was great to see her in this and Tony Todd. Like it was just so well done. It was so well done. Um, and Tony, again, Tony Todd is the cult leader. Like, that was, that was kind of fucking cool. Okay, like, I'm not, not going to lie. I just love Tony Todd popping up randomly. And, and um, all this. <laughs> like, he's same. just, he's just popping up and shit. Same. Like, hello. Loved it. I love him. So this next, says this next segment is called Daddy. So it's based on the short story of the same name by Victor Laval. 
Daddy explores the relationship between a father and his son. The father, who was played by Luke James, had a strange Who I just want to say is a very deliciously gorgeous black man. Anyway. See, I thought that about the main guy in... Oh! Uh, in, um... Yes. Wait. <laughs> Brand of evil. Thank you. Same. Thank oh, you. Oh, God, same. I, I thought mean, he was good looking. I'm I'm familiar with Luke James. With Luke from, James. From other stuff. I gotcha. And he's yeah. just... So he had a strained relationship. Hershey's with, chocolate. That's all I'm gonna say. Just delicious. Anyway, <laughs> he had a strained relationship with his own father, so he is now quite protective of his little boy, despite the doubt and insecurity seeping its way into their relationship. It's the more quiet, one of the more quiet segments, and has an impact that is probably felt more upon reflection than in the moment. It was directed by actress Robin Givens, who began directing in 2020. I literally just found this out now. Props to Robin Givens. First of all, if y'all know who Robin Givens is, I'm old. But anyway. Um, but I absolutely love... She, like, took over the 90s. And I had yeah. no idea that she was directing. So this was... Like, I literally just found out she directed this. And I'm like, fucking awesome. Because I love... I... Okay. One word. Doppelgangers. Amazing. The way they did it was so good, too. And I, I don't do doppelgangers. Doppelgangers fuck me up. I, that, that has always been one concept that has all, like, in us, in all, oh my god. Oh my yeah, god. That, just, yeah. The concept of doppelgangers has always fucked with me. Always. Always. And this one was done so well where... Basically, it was the kid who knew. He knew. He figured it out. And by the time he fit, by the time, you know, it was too late, it was like, oh my God, the only one that knows is the kid. He knows. Because you keep thinking that he's having this bad dream or he's seeing something that's not there. And the, the guy that plays the, you know, Luke James, who plays the father, thinks it's this neighbor that's being creepy to his son but then you realize the son's been seeing his father's doppelganger and the which doppelganger... really is just a metaphor of his insecurities because of his own father which was so crazily that brilliantly he he's done not good enough i loved that that someone so else much. is gonna step in to take care of him and someone does his own and that's what the old man was trying to protect him from because yes. he's like i warned him I warned him because he knew that if he didn't fight his insecurities and work on those things, that it would take it was over like it him. Split. It, oh my God. Like that was so fucking brilliantly done. I can't <laughs> like I was, it was brilliant. Oh my so God. So brilliant. So well done. And just incredibly, it, like I said, it was so, it was so unsettling by the time you got to the end of it because it just, I was so scared for that child. I was I just so talk scared about how for that fucking cute. Oh my god, that kid was oh so my god he was cute. so fucking cute. I can't. That kid was... Truly <laughs> cheeky. What did we do? I'm sorry. I know that sounds so awful. <laughs> You're so cute! Oh my god. Like, what? You just want to scream at a child. When so that child's like... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? And they're terrified. <laughs> Child runs away screaming. Let me love you. <laughs> okay, this last this last one, one. Holy shit. 
I'm just gonna Holy come right. I'm just gonna come right out and say. Shit. I'm just gonna come right out and say it. This one was number one on my list. Same. This one was number Same. one. Number one. Without a shadow of a doubt. I fucking y'all because you know y'all know we love horror comedies over here. So fucking funny. So this one literally well and then especially the way it's okay because first of all it's called sundown <laughs> so i was already so, like okay vampire yeah so, okay <laughs> well no because i went oh great fucking well because i'm black i immediately went oh great sundown towns great and me over here white being like vampires but then they did do it with vampires they did like, oh they just like dark meat I got it. And then you find out that the black guy was literally trying to get them out. Like he was like, no, I've been trying to save you. I've been trying to save you. Who, listen, I love, I'm a stand-up comedy fan. And can I just say that I fucking love Lavelle Crawford. I have been a fan of Lavelle Crawford's stand-up literally since BET's Comic View. So for probably over 20 years I've been a fan of Lavelle Crawford. So just big ups to Lavelle Crawford. I love that that man has still has a career. He is still doing stand-up comedy. I have not seen him live yet, but that is definitely going on the list. He is fucking hilarious. Literally, since I was like a little kid and I would stay up late when my parents damn well knew I was supposed to be in bed and I would turn on BET's Comic View and he would always be featured and he is one of the funniest... If you didn't, listen, if you didn't have HBO and you couldn't afford cable to watch Def Comedy Jam, then you had BET Comic View at, at 11 o'clock when your ass was supposed to be asleep. That's <laughs> that's what you had as a black comic fan as a kid in the 90s. You couldn't afford to watch Def Comedy Jam, you had Comic View, and you snuck out to watch it when you were supposed to be asleep, okay? That's Hilarious. what I did. And he was on there. Like, I, I've i grown up with Lavelle Crawford. So it made me so fucking happy to see him in this segment. And it was just, it was just, it was great. Like, these, and I, lo I love the way it was done, that it was supposed to be for, um, so there's these group of people that are canvassing for, um, a uh what is it, like a mayoral candidate or a congressman yeah, a senator yeah. or something like that you know when you go door to door and you're trying to you know when it's voting season and you get them annoying ass flyers and people knocking on your door and shit but um it was this black couple and it was a bunch of other white people they were canvassing with and they go to this town and immediately they're like something is up especially the the wife where i'm like i am this wife y'all listen okay i mean i have terrible i'm not as good with a gun though as her because she had like military training but her whole like attitude where she was like red flags i want to get the fuck out of here too many white people i don't like this like immediately i was like i am her i fucking love this chick you know, and they go to that first house, and I'm like, what? Because remember, homegirl, like, oh, because it was a black candidate that they were canvassing for, right? right? And yeah. It's like all white neighborhood, and they go to that first house, and the white girl, yeah, we voting for the, and I'm I'm black, so I can say this, so we can just throw this out <laughs> there, okay? Before anybody, I don't want no letters, I don't want anybody write, writing to Spotify, I don't have Joe Rogan money, I'm black, so let's not worry about this. But when she said, uh, yeah, we're voting for the nigger, I was like, here we go. I love what how he fuck? was like, 
I was like, mm-hmm. Lord, how the fuck is the rest of this fucking episode gonna go? As soon as she said that, I literally was like, <laughs> You and me, we had the exact same look on our face. I went like, and then as they were walking, I away, know they the didn't Confederate save- fucking flag was on the back of their truck. I was like, like, I know they didn't fuck. save the last, <laughs> y'all, Lord. And then, <laughs> y'all, Lord. And then they walk into the, well, the tires are slashed. It's starting to get dark. Mm-hmm. And then there's that sign when they were looking for a phone because all their tires were slashed. Yeah. And then that's when you're, I'm like, okay, very, if people are not familiar with sundown towns, um, and there are still some today that exist, just, just saying, uh, you literally did not, you, it, I mean, it was very well known. There were even signs, uh, oh, and there were sundown towns in the North too. We live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and there are a couple very close to the neighborhoods I'm in right now that were sundown towns within our parents' lifetimes that literally had signs that if you were black or you know what, because they didn't call them black, um, you better not be here when the sun goes down because that's what happens. Actually, a lot of black kids in the 90s, 80s and 90s, 70s, 80s, 90s were taught you come home before the porch light comes on or before the porch, before the street lights come on. That came from sundown towns. Hmm. That's why little, that's why black kids in the 70s, 80s, and 90s were told that because their grandparents and parents were brought up with sundown towns where if you were black, you better be home before dusk because that meant something was going to happen to you. Um, so I loved the dichotomy of that where they realized like, oh, fuck, we are in a sundown town and we can't get out. Like something is going to happen. And then they they flip it. Oh, and also I when I saw Peter Stormeyer, I fucked the the main vampire guy. I Do you know what I recognized him from? What because he's been in everything. Until Dawn. I was like, I recognize this motherfucker from a video game. He has literally <laughs> been in everything. He's been in Fargo, Armageddon, uh, you name it, this man's been acting forever. He's been in everything. He really has. But, um, but that's exactly... I oh, like, I loved I loved him in it. I, he, oh my God. I loved him in everything. Though. He was great. Oh my God, the Big Lebowski. I almost forgot him. The Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, my dumb ass is over here like, he was in another horror thing I've seen. But he like moved weird and had like a weird... I was like, oh my God, I'm recognizing him from Until Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I fucking loved this one so much it was just it was i need a feature length i need a full oh, fucking please, movie please i need a full please. movie because i'm telling you this was crossing sundown towns with vampires it was like how could the way that the, the way that it was structured and the way that it was like honestly oh my felt God. like zombie land yes that's exactly what it yes. felt like it felt like zombie land there especially the end when they're finally yeah. like killing everybody and she goes all fucking like full that Foxy was, Brown I was like literally this is zombie land with black people and I'm here for it. Oh, like, I need oh my it. god. This, I can't. this one especially I need a full length movie. I need a whole I movie. I need it. Please. I need it now. Right. Like yesterday. Tomorrow. Take all my money. How much do you need 
to fund this. I get paid next week. <laughs> can we at least can we fund this? Wait till next Thursday. <laughs> but can we wait till next Thursday? Right. Um, this one was brilliant. Definitely at the top of my list. Way at the top of my list. I loved everything about it. They literally saved the best for last. It was so fucking funny. It was so I mean, but it like it first oh, it's in West Virginia. Of course it was in West Virginia. It was in West Virginia. No, I'm just we love West Virginia. We love West Virginia. Parts of now there's some parts of West Virginia. This black ass, absolutely not. We'll never, ever, ever. But there have been some parts of West Virginia that we have fucking lo we loved West Virginia Penitentiary. We loved everybody that worked there. Loved it we so love much. your McDonald's. You're the best. <laughs> At 5 a.m. when you're fucking... Loved your McDonald's. When you've been hanging out with ghosts all night. And you um, just need to pick me up. rocking out to Skinnerd with some ghosts. So you need some hash browns. We fucking loved your hash browns. Anyway. Um, no, there are parts of West Virginia we fucking loved. 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 Uh, but this one was just... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, it started off where I was like, really? And then when it ended, I was like, this is so fucking... Especially the dark meat, like just when they went when they went there with that, I was like, I was like, I literally can't. I was like, y'all fucking. I was there. dying. You literally, literally. Went I was there. absolutely dying. Oh my god, it was perfect. Yes, Especially over here was because at the top of my literally. I my actually love dark meat, and my family doesn't. Most of my family only likes the white meat. And I'm like, that's really funny because I actually prefer the dark meat because I'm obsessed with chicken thighs and chicken legs. I, 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 I go both ways. I mean, you know. There's such a difference in the taste. Not really. <laughs> I've had people say that. I don't there care. really isn't. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't care. I love chicken. That's why I'm like, <laughs> just shove the fucking chicken in my mouth. The I chicken, the turkey, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. I, don't care. I love it. I love that, it. That I'll segment was fucking oh great, though. It oh was my God. So that that one, for me and Casper both, was at the very that top of the list. That was definitely number one Definitely number me. one. Easily. Easily, easily. So what was your number two? Fugue State. <sighs> that was mine. <laughs> it's just the cast... Everything was just so perfect. I just, I couldn't. That was mine. It was so good. Well, I just, I, and, and then I, I'm sorry. I'm so impartial, Rachel True. I just love I her. I love so her. <laughs> I really do love her. Um, number three for me, because it had to rank so high, just for my own personal reasons, was Bride Before You. Um, again, I hope I gave a good enough explanation. I hope a lot of people will revisit if they don't understand it. But for me, it was on such a deeply personal level and the way it was done. I just thought it was beautiful and tragic. It was definitely more of a tragic horror. I mean, you know, it's definitely not your traditional horror, but like when we did our episode of Eve's Bayou, mm -hmm. that is not a traditional that would not be considered traditionally horror but i thought it was very important to talk about because it is it is sort of a trauma horror there is or a tragic horror again horror has many sub sublets many 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 different air many different things can be considered horror that others may not um so that's why this one for me was a three i had to put my i had to put that brand of three. evil was three for me that was four for me for sure. So, it had to go up so there because fucking I good. fucking loved it. Brand of Evil was so well done. Um, Four after, for... after Brand of Evil for me was Daddy. So that would be my five. Okay. My four was The Lake. And then my five was Bride Before You. And then my last one was Daddy. 
The only and my I last one was the lake. And I can't sit here and say any of them are bad. None of them were bad. They no. were all fantastic. That's just what my preference was. And the one one of the reasons why I had the lake higher was just because of the effects. Because it was just so well done. And the story, because I knew what was behind Bride Before You, that's why I ranked it over Daddy. As much as I love Daddy, Bride Before You had a special place in my heart because I knew. And because of how much it meant to you as well. So, but I love how our first two were the same. <laughs> they were so brilliant. They were done. so good. Oh my God, they were so well done. And again, the, the dichotomy between both stories was done so brilliantly. Yep. You know, Fugue State to, to, to take, you know, because that is constantly something that's brought up all the time, even till this day, especially people that get really into cults, talking mm -hmm. about cults. There's a really great black uh, TikTok creator that uh, does a lot of content on cults. And she just recently answered a comment, like, what would you say is the difference between religion and cults? And it's a really, you know, I mean, it's kind of who it reaches and kind of where the message goes from there. Um, but otherwise it is, they walk a fine line. I mean, it really, they really straddle the fence. Walks a fine line. So I, I love how Feud State took that on. And mm -hmm. um, Sundown, again, like I said, to, li <laughs> to literally take something as controversial as Sundown Towns, but then mix it with vampire. I thought, man, you know, and make it comedy, make it funny. And it, and it didn't even have to try to be funny. It was, it was brilliant. Oh, God. Hilarious. It was oh, my God. Loved it. Bravo. Chef's kiss. Absolutely awesome. Need, need full-length movie where's the kickstarter I it, rem it literally felt like i was watching zombie land oh for sure i'm telling you so if you love zombie land please if that one was not in your top favorites then you just i don't know because <laughs> i know, just i, I know, know some people don't like horror comedies yeah i, I, I get that i get it but i mean me i i love them you're you're taking two of my favorite things horror comedies so. are amazing because you you can do you can be so fucking ridiculous if they're done over the top and if they they're done right great. if they're done, over the top like evil dead is what i'm talking yes. about Scott's or what's the Scott's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse? Is that what it's called? I never saw that one. That movie fucking sucks. It is not yeah. funny. It is fucking terrible. Some of the scary movies are really bad. All of them, but I the know. first. But the, yeah, but the first one. They're terrible. Yeah, I'm sorry. They just put. See, I love the Land Brothers. Like, don't get me wrong. When you're over the top, like Evil Dead, and I love Anna. I love Anna Faris. I love everybody that was in uh, Regina. Please, I'm so sorry. I have to double check that name because I think it's Regina King, but I don't want to fuck that up because I love her. If you're talking about the black lady, then yes, it's Regina King. Regina Hall. Oh, okay. Not Regina King. Wait, which? Regina, but Regina Hall from Scary Movie. Oh, I, why was I thinking Regina? <laughs> like, I was actually thinking about Regina King. I know, King. you're told. I love Regina <laughs> King, though. So sorry. Apologies. <laughs> but no, it's Regina Hall, who I fucking love. I love her so much. And she. You know what I do? Take it back. Scary brilliant. Movie. Scary Movie 3 was good because that was the one that had the basic, the ring. That was the ring. I don't know. Whichever one where she was in the movie theater talking through Shakespeare in Love the whole entire time. I've never laughed so hard in a scene 
She's like, I'm watching Shakespeare. He kept calling Shakespeare. She kept saying, I'm watching Shakespeare in love, Shakespeare. And then they kept, she kept talking and they kept telling her to shut up. And she's like, you shut up. Like she had a handheld camera. I don't know which one that was, but that's seriously one of the best film scenes. It just, it was brilliant. She's so fucking funny. But yeah, the scary movie movies, I'm sorry. I struggle a little bit. love the Wayans brothers. Love the Wayans brothers. In Living Color, possibly better than some some seasons of Saturday Night Live and and Mad TV, just saying. But y'all, uh, scary movie movies. I, I see where you were going with them. But no. By over the top, <laughs> I meant Evil Dead. Even right. That's first. what we're. Ash versus Evil Dead. Hilarious. Brilliant. Brilliant. Love Amazing. It. But like Everything. over the top, like those, mm, when you're trying too hard, stop. Stop. Yeah. Anyway, so I think, is that more. Is I that... think we pretty well covered it. Um, and again, if you guys don't have uh, Shutter, it is on AMC. Uh, I guess AMC is now doing some kind of package. I, I don't think know. AMC bought <laughs> Shutter. Yeah, kind of I, I like think happened. that's what happened because now AMC because you can a actually save money package. if you buy AMC Plus. Yeah, it's with AMC Shutter. Plus. That's what it is. It's yeah, AMC Plus. Yeah, because you get. Um, because you get AMC and, and you get Shutter. AMC, Shutter, Sundance, and IFC Films. I actually do recommend. I wouldn't mind having that. There are some great IFC because mm-hmm. it's independent. I love films. IFC. Oh my god! They excuse me. They have made some incredible. And of course, if you're a Walking Dead fan, because I guess now they're no longer going to be on Netflix. Then that'll. I mean, if they're going to be on the AMC Plus streaming platform, I'm guessing The Walking Dead is going to get taken off Netflix like the way they did with The Office when it went on Peacock. Mm. So I'm, I'm guessing at some point that's what's going to happen. I don't know. I have watched The Walking Dead in so long. I'm assuming it's still on Netflix. I own the seasons I liked, so I'm good. I'm assuming it's still on Netflix, but at some point it's probably going to get taken off Netflix. But um, That's why I bought Base Motel, just so I know I have it. You know, if you if you want AMC Plus, by all means, people get it or get Shutter or just sign up for the free trial if you want to watch this. But um, I think this is really worth a watch. I think it's great. Um, I think it's wonderful. Uh, if you're a if you're a black person and you're a horror fan, I highly recommend. If you're a fan of anthologies, I horror anthologies, I highly recommend. Um, you know, th- it, when I say that this wasn't made for white people, I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, but that doesn't mean that white people can't enjoy it. Just like, get out or us or whatever but you know just know that if you don't understand it there's a plethora of information out there for you to educate yourself so you do understand um and i hope that this helped i mean i know we gave spoilers but maybe some people needed them because they just really truly don't understand because they're not a part of the culture and the experience and um they maybe needed a little little bit of course correction before they dove in and gave it a watch so um i hope you guys enjoyed tonight i hope that the part i talked about gave some perspective and obviously you know we give out all of our information at the end so if anybody does have any questions you know that's what we're here for um 
And again, I don't want any letters or emails or anything about me saying that word because I am black I actually and I had, can say it. So I don't, let's just. I actually had somebody start <laughs> listening to the podcast earlier last year. I'm not going to name her because she's a fucking bitch, but hopefully she still listens to this. Um, That's terrible, but it isn't. <laughs> so she actually was like, I can't believe she said the N word and that seems a little racist. And I'm like, she's black. And she's like, oh, she is? And I was like, yeah, she's black. She can say that. Do you really think that I would allow that if she wasn't? Casper's never said it. Would never say it. I don't black, even I can say it. I don't even say it in, in talking about the word. I can't. Like, it, it's almost like one of the, it just, it won't come out of my mouth. Like, it, it, it just can't. Do you really think if she wasn't black, I would let her say that? Well, I mean, some people are, you know, they're not that smart. We we know this. <laughs> well, considering who it was. We know this. She's not. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Someone who I almost got involved with, who I was involved with last oh, year. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I'm so sorry. God. Anyway. I hope you still listen to this. But like I said, I just, I just, before we don't need, you know, I know that that's a hot button issue now. I'm not even going to get into it, but like, let's please nobody write Spotify. Oh, we're God. not that, we're not that big. We don't have that kind of following. <laughs> no. Even if we did, you're <laughs> black. Good God. It's yeah. like those TikToks. Let's calm down. Oh my God. It's like those TikToks. Let's calm where those, down. Where those black ladies are like about to, they're singing a song and all of a sudden the N word comes up and then they're like, they stop and then she goes, oh wait, I'm black. Like, I can say it. I can say this. So funny to me. Like, I, like, during the, okay, I'm sorry, I'm not even going to go there. (laughs) I'm sorry. You're like, you know what? No. Yeah. So, not even going to go there. So, guys, next week, (laughs) we're going to be talking about the wood, what is it? The woodlands. I thought you were going to say the, I'm straight up thought you were going to say the woodlands. I was about to go the what? We're going to talk about the woodlands. Everybody's going, what the fuck? Are the woodlands? <laughs> no, guys. I'm sorry. I have reached. I've reached slap happy mode. Um, so next week we're going to be talking about the woodlands. Um, and if you don't know what that is, then <laughs> we don't either. I'm sorry. We don't. Uh, we're not sure either. Uh, it's all going to be on the whim. It's a made of horror land. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> the Flatwoods monster. I was going to say woodland creatures is what I was going to say. And I'm like, that's not correct. You're like, no, none of that (laughs) is right at all. Um, I dying Flatwoods monster, uh, is actually thought to either be a cryptid or an alien. It, it's kind of up for debate. Um, it was first discovered in West Virginia. Everything's coming back to West Virginia. Uh, it was first found in West Virginia, seen in West Virginia back in the 50s. Um, it even became a part of Project Blue Book, if anybody knows anything about that, when the Air Force was investigating uh, UFO and alien activity. Um, so I think it's still been up for debate. Nobody knows if it's a cryptid, if it's a humanoid, if it's an alien. Um, but apparently it's a thing um i don't know if it's still seen but it is something we have never discussed here so i thought that will be a fun take so tune in next week for that so we're not talking about the woodlands no we're not i'm sorry <laughs> whatever the fuck that I'm is sorry we're not <laughs> anyway if anybody wants us to and knows what the fuck that <laughs> is 
If anyone wants to discuss woodland creatures, that'd be great. Um, I don't really <laughs> By know all what the means. Fuck, um, you can let us know. Sure. So, you guys, of course, you know we have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast. The handle is DFWTO8811. We have an email. We have email. If you have any questions, concerns, or want to say hey, I was like, we have email. <laughs> DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. And, of course, we're on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and Google Podcasts. Subscribe, leave a review, say hey, you know, give us a follow and you'll always know when we put out new episodes. And of course, we do have merch. Please make sure to go check out our merch. Um, trying to get better about posting about that. Like I said, I did post something about it last week. So guys, check out all of our stuff. And thank you again for all of your support. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. And we hope you, if you guys haven't seen it, go fucking watch it. Just, Please go watch just it. Go fucking watch it. It's amazing. And also support black creators. Let's do that. Black artists, black creators, black everything. Just fucking support it, please. That's all. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's make that a regular thing, not just during Black History Month. Just saying. So, like, March 1st, continue to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Continue. Yep. <laughs> All right, my dudes, we'll have a wonderful week. We love you guys. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original. original. Bye. Bye. I can't there. Bye.